welcome back to Gemini Placements. This is not an astrology podcast. It might be becoming an astrology podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just is, and you're all going to have to deal with it. We're going to try and tone it down a little bit today, though. A little bit. We'll try. I don't know. I'm here. <laughs> you're here. Guess who else is here? Our first guest. Yes, our first honorary guest, episode three. Three of us sitting here. Synchronicity is everywhere, bitch. Yeah, we're all about it. <laughs> um, our guest today is our boss. Hello. <laughs> it's Rebecca, actually. And yes, she is our boss. She's one of our bosses and a fellow Gemini. Mm-hmm. I like that I'm like fellow Gemini. I have zero Gemini places. <laughs> I'm just an imposter. If you listen to episode two, you realized that Anya had an identity crisis and we're Still contemplating going. renaming the podcast. <laughs> it's so catchy. It um, is. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hello. I'm very good. Thank you. Is this your first podcast? This is my first first time guest, long time listener. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca is an OG listener from two and a half weeks ago <laughs> when episode the pilot came out. Um, well, it's very nice having you here. Thanks yeah. for having me. We're very excited to have Rebecca on for today. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it, it all kind of fell into place because we're recording from the salon again. We're in our salon staff room today uh, in uh, where our washing machine is in our little mini fridge. Yeah. Eating some pizza. I'm having a little Earl Grey tea. <laughs> I'm drinking some beer. Yeah. As I always some do. some cider. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's the after hours special. <laughs> it really is. Oh my God. That's the title. After hours special. Um, and uh, yeah, so Rebecca gets to uh, enjoy employing us both. You poor, poor fucking souls. <laughs> For real. You guys are my favorites. <laughs> Nobody else listens. <laughs> no cap, no cap. Oh, so let's start it off with something that I think is important to talk about. Um, this is going to be an astrology aspect of it. We are recording this a little bit early because Anya is the busiest person I know. Um, so we had to record it a little early so that we could make sure we stayed on time. With on this, schedule for yeah, y'all. The bi-weekly or the bi-monthly release, whatever. So this is going to be coming out around the time that the election is yeah, over. Yeah, um, we're going to have this still. You're probably listening to this on November 4th, yeah. which is a Wednesday. Yeah, but today the actual date is October 27th. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're not going to talk too much about current events because as is the deal with 2020, after two days, everything's old news. Um, Shit is fast. But one thing I wanted to bring up is the retrogrades because Mercury does station direct uh, on the day of the election, November 3rd. Mm -hmm. But one thing I've been seeing That's over crazy. the last, I know, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, scary. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm, I'm, I want to be positive about the fact that Mercury is going to station direct on the day of the election because everybody's really nervous about voter suppression and, yeah. um, you know, things being manipulated and whatever. And so the last thing we need is Mercury to also be retrograde. Yeah. Right. Um, for so sure. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. But a lot of people I've noticed recently have been talking about how how fucked up they've been feeling recently. Yeah. They've been feeling really down. It's been really hard for them to kind of keep their head above water. Mm -hmm. And it and it really has seemed very concentrated to me in the last like week, week and a half. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know what you guys have been seeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of frustrations. I think like little things going wrong over and over again, just like passwords not working. Oh my God. You were having a meltdown. I can't, yeah, it's, it's a thing. I reset so many passwords today. Right? <laughs> 
I got a new phone. I'm constantly resetting passwords. I had a whole meltdown Uber issue where I went to call an Uber because I found out five minutes before coming to work that my husband needed the car. So I go to call an Uber and I'm like, oh, I haven't used Uber since I got my new phone. Now I've got to like re-put in. An, and then, oh shit, it turns out all of my payment options are expired. Yeah. Oh I'm trying to put the payment God. options in and the Uber. And then I realized I was using my home uh, postal code with my salon card and my like, oh, it was just chaos. So fucked fucking up. Fucking chaos. Yeah, so that's Mercury good. doing that. Yeah. Doing yeah. it to you. It's giving it to us. Damn you, Mercury. <laughs> and um, so if you are listening today on November 4th, um, you have survived Mercury in retrograde. It is now direct. It's going to chill the fuck out and do its thing, rule communication and travel and um, small like plans. Pat um, yourself on the back. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back. You made it. You did it, Bish. You did it. You survived. However, Mars will still be in retrograde until the 14th of November. Yeah. So there's still, we talked about this in episode two, so we won't go too much into it, but it's, it is, Mars is the final retrograde of the year. There are no more as far as we know. I, I yeah. just checked. I'm pretty sure they're done. So, I mean, there, there's going to be a bunch of other bullshit until the end of the year. All the retrogrades fuck shit up. Like, does that just mean, like, whether it's Mars or Mercury or whoever, like, does anybody in retrograde positive? So it's more so I find about just trying to, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's not about negative and positive necessarily. It's more about a disruption. And retrogrades, why retrogrades happen, I mean, on a, on a spiritual level, how uh, retrogrades occur are they're there to teach us lessons and they're there to test us. Um, Boy, have we been tested. Yeah. So, and, and is 2020 the year in retrograde? <laughs> right? We yeah. should look into that. I bet but you it is there, a Oh my God, we can do, there is a great episode all about 2020 um, that a podcast that I really like did. What's and the podcast? It's called Know Thyself. And Ooh. they have um, they have an episode about 2020. I think it's called 2020 The Awakening, if anybody wants to check it out. But they're like big into astrology, esotericism, the occult, stuff that I'm into as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great episode. So if anybody wants a link, let me know. I will, uh, I will let you know. But it, 2020 is a very significant year. Like it's one of those if you're into like um, astrology uh that spans like decades if you're studying i can't remember the fucking word for it as it's like astrogeology or something like Ooh, that very cool. where you where you astrologically study time periods like 2020 would be a year you come across and be like Ay, it's a spice you, you know what's so funny off. you say that because i was reading something a little while ago where i don't know if it was a meme or it was, yeah, it was something a meme. it was probably a meme. <laughs> it was a meme um but somebody was like what if the way we interpreted the Mayan calendar was wrong. And so what we interpreted as 2012 was actually 2020. I mean... And I was like, honestly, probably. Chances of us misinterpreting the Mayan calendar seem pretty high. Yeah, for real. Um, We could only be so lucky to have this fucking world end, okay? (laughs) (laughs) No, bring it on, please. I welcome the sweet release of death. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Hi, Mom. Hi, Sam's Mom. Again, again. Hi, Sam's Mom. Actually, so funny. I was talking to her yesterday, and she was like, I was listening to episode two, and uh, I couldn't quite hear what you said, but I heard Anya say, hi, Sam's Mom. (laughs) And she's like, I rewound it a couple times to like try to understand what it was you had said and i was like it's for the best um so i made a joke about getting spit roasted (laughs) and she was like oh yeah okay that's what i thought and then we just like moved on and i was like this went 
surprisingly less awkward than I thought it would. <laughs> Indeedy. Um, I, I actually uh, sent my mom, my mom was getting her hair done and I was like, mom, I started a podcast with Sam, you should listen to it. And my mom was like, oh, follow it, great, excellent, and whatever. And then she was like, wait a minute, I, you, you haven't talked about my three boyfriends yet because I already sent it to one of them. <laughs> and I And I told her to unsend it because... We gotta have an yeah, episode about my mom's love life. <laughs> Your mom's love life is like what I aspire to. Oh, my mom has a lot of Gemini placements, actually. <laughs> of course Who was your client that wanted to know about your mom's dating life All because of them. she wants to date herself? Oh, somebody recently was yeah, very intrigued. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. there's. I have quite a few of those. Um, yeah, everyone's heavily invested in my mom's love life, except yeah. my mom. She's just <laughs> fucking doing She's it. She's having a great time. There was yeah. someone who seemed very envious. Like, wait a minute, how did your mom get multiple boyfriends? Uh, I don't. I would like to have multiple boyfriends. Right? Mm. I need multiple boyfriends. Oh my I, have a I feel sad for any man who tries boyfriends. to be like the only man in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Anyways, so we've got Rebecca here and we wanted to talk about something. We were actually, we had a completely different episode kind of drafted for you and then we changed everything. I showed up. And then Rebecca showed up and actually we changed it yesterday as well because... Um, I'm going to take over, actually, because the, <laughs> All right. because Anya shouldn't introduce this herself because she needs a good introduction for this. Uh, yesterday, okay. well, and you'll keep, once I give it, you'll understand. Yesterday, Anya auditioned for something, and she can explain that part in full, but it was so incredible to watch somebody that I care so deeply about be acknowledged for the work that they have done in their life. I will make me cry. Yeah. Um, I'll let you know what I'll let you introduce like what you're talking about what you did and then I'll go into I'll take over again. Okay. That's what I do. I get like very uncomfortable talking about mm, mm, myself. Well, some parts of myself. <laughs> um, but I um, I've been a colorist for 11 years and uh, I was approached a few, quite a few years ago now to be an educator for uh, the brand that I work for, for L'Oreal. And it's something that I kept dodging and not doing for a while. And then because of my self-confidence issues, because of my imposter syndrome, <laughs> which is what we're going to talk a lot about that's today. That's why I'm here. And that's why Rebecca's here. <laughs> exactly. Imposter syndrome. I know a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> and yeah, I think we can all share about it. But I just felt like it was not something that I could do um, and I anyway I ended up trying out um, to get the educator role and I got accepted and I went to an orientation and then last minute they told me that I couldn't do it um, this was about two years ago now I think they told me that I couldn't well maybe last year last but year yeah it was last year they told me that unfortunately they could not hire me because one of the requirements was having a driver's license <laughs> and I do not drive. I actually. Yo, same. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> listen, I don't have a license. I've had my G1 twice, yeah. and it's about to expire again. Yeah, <laughs> baby. She grew up in the city. That I get. How? Okay, okay. Did you Let grow me... up in the suburbs without so, a driver's license? So, okay, so here's, here's how it happened. So, my dad used to work for General Motors, and he had kind of a high up position. I'm sorry, I'm going to do this really fast. Had a high up position. <laughs> um, and because of the position he had, he always had company cars. So the insurance on the company cars was for 25 years and older. Then my mom, because of the position my dad 
dad had had to get a brand new car every two years. I know it sounds really weird to have to replace your car every two years, but she had to replace her car every two years. And at the time when I was between the ages of 16 and 18, she had a Saab 97. For anybody who knows what cars what are, it was a... Is. It was Sobs a nice really nice SUV, and mm. at the time, that's Sobs, the big one, right? The SUV. SUVs, are yeah, big, big car. Yeah, um, Sob's tagline or whatever it is is like "Born from Jets." And um, if anybody knows me, they know how uh, intense I am. And um, Sob's acceleration power is also very strong. So I got to drive that SUV maybe twice before my mom was like, mm, "Maybe this car is too powerful for you," mm. uh, and then. I like went to driver's school. The driving school was from was in South Oshawa, so it was sketchy. I'm from Oshawa. Sam. No, I'm from Oshawa. I'm from Oshawa. <laughs> I'm from Oshawa. Oh shit! I'm I'm sitting Stop here with two Gemini's from Oshawa. I'm not from Oshawa. She's How the mighty Whitby. have fallen. <laughs> so, anyways, this was a really sketchy driving school that basically kept trying to steal my parents' money. So I didn't actually get to finish it. So I never applied for my G two. Then I moved to Halifax, and I was going to university there. So that didn't make any sense for me to like try to get my driver's license in Halifax. Then I moved back and I went straight to Toronto and then I was just riding the subway all the time. And so I never, I never just, anyways, just that's why I don't have my license. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm, so I'm 30 years old and I'm working on it. You got it. Do you G1? Yeah, it's about to expire. I just wrote, I wrote my G1 actually this past week. It's been a week of like doing shit for me. But um, yeah, so I tried out for this role and they told me that I, I was accepted. They liked everything, but then they, I got rejected last minute because of my lack of driver's license. And it just like fucked me up. Like it just destroyed whatever tiny bit of self-esteem I had built up because this is a really triggering thing for me. I grew up like very poor um and like in immigrant you know my family moved here in 1999 with literally their entire life savings of under one thousand dollars and just started from nothing so i never had the opportunity to learn how to drive my family never had a car my mom just started driving about two years ago um and so it's, it's like a sore spot for me and i just like felt like i was fucking kicked when i was down it's not no shade l'oreal i get it but um, you know, so I was just like, oh my God. And they were like, once, you know, we'll put you on hold. And once you have your driver's license, like you can work for us. And anyway, so I was just, I resigned. And we had been told that they were going to waive the driver's license. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. I, I told well. them, I, yeah, I, I told them right away. And it was just like a big, messy miscommunication thing. And I was it, pissed. Rebecca, <laughs> we were all pissed. Yeah. Rebecca everyone was, was really mad. happy. Everyone was mad on my behalf, but I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll live, you know. And um, so then I was approached about this position again. Um, and they were like, we've gotten rid of this driving rule. It's fucking ridiculous. This is Toronto. Nobody needs to drive. So they really wanted me to do it again. So I got this job as an educator for them. And then like COVID happened uh, as I was doing my training to become an educator. So I, you know, I did some stuff online and then they approached me. You have to teach like one kind of like free class, like just to them like a shadow gratis day, they call it. So I did that during COVID out of the salon, actually, via Teams. And uh, and it went pretty well. I got good feedback. Um, so that was like my one class ever that I taught. And then recently I was asked to teach another class um, for them, which was like the Monday after we were 
like recorder episode. So yeah, like yeah. Just the very... sil- it was the Silver Fox class, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I taught a class and um, and it went really well. Like everybody was really happy with it. It was just a one hour webinar. And... Roman said you killed it. Roman said it was difficult. People were tired. It was late. It was the end of the Aww. day. It was like hard to I was get really the sad. class and the it. audience engaged. That's and okay. uh, and Bronwyn was like, you just rolled with it. She was, Bronwyn was so ah, impressed with how yay. well you did. She raved about it. I'm I'm very glad. So after I taught the class, um, I got a call from my contact and she was like, uh, L'Oreal was making everybody re-audition. They're very like by the books and they love, they're French, so they it's love bureaucracy, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, so she was like, are you auditioning? You know, you, we all had to re-audition even though I already had the job. And it was like to rank people because they changed the educator role and da 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 da. Anyway, so she was like, are you auditioning just to be an educator or do you want to be a portfolio artist? Because I think that you could be a portfolio artist. What's the difference? So um, an educate as an educator, as a portfolio educator, you basically teach kind of on behalf of L'Oreal. So you're teaching salons that have maybe recently switched to L'Oreal or they are having trouble with their color line. They need a bit more education. They need like a crash course in something. You're introducing new products that they came out. So L'Oreal basically like gives you an agenda. They're like, Anya, are you around on Tuesday? We need like a class on this and this color line at this and this salon. And L'Oreal sends me and they kind of like send me like the e-card or a PowerPoint or have me draft something, but like they finalize it. Um, so I kind of teach on their behalf. Portfolio artist is when you teach your own signature techniques. So you develop your own techniques, you develop your own presentation and people like want to see you, the artist, not, you're not teaching on behalf of L'Oreal. You're just a L'Oreal sponsored artist Amazing. that, and you would also work on like portfolio collections as well. Incredible. Um, and, so, and portfolio collections, like that's, that's stuff that like, Goes that into they print. That, yeah, it yeah. goes into print. It gets distributed nationally, maybe yeah. even internationally. Yeah. It helps Huge. set their trends that they want to do. Yeah. For sure. So it was like kind of a big deal. And it's something that I kind was of. Like, just kind of. <laughs> just, just a little bit, maybe. Deal. So it was something I was like aiming for, you know, in a year or two. Like that was kind of like my goal. Maybe like after a year of educator, I could get into the portfolio thing and da-da-da-da. And you get to work with like some pretty big names as well. And like you get to learn. Like it's a big, it's a big deal. Um, and so, yeah, so she said, you should really consider auditioning for that. I think you could 100% do it. They want you to do it. I was like, who's they? She's like, they, like, the royal they. (laughs) Um, so I went to book my audition and I was like, I'm just going to get over with. I'm going to do it on the first time slot that they had available. Like the earliest one, which was yesterday at 10 AM. And then I realized that what I had to do this week was like this past week was I'm in the process of a move. I just taught a class, um, busy at work and wrote my G1 test that I did not study for. And I also had to like come up with this audition, which was like a 20 minute presentation where I present a collection. Sam was one of my models, actually. Ew. Uh, make a PowerPoint or like a presentation, demonstrate your work on a mannequin. Like it was a lot of requirements. It was all over Zoom with like head office of L'Oreal. So it was like, yeah, big deal. So Sam was there with me yesterday and one of our really uh, good friends and coworkers uh, as well was there. Thanks, D, my little angel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we did it. It was, guys, it was absolutely incredible. The So Anya did her audition, nailed it. It was incredible. And then afterwards they gave her feedback and 
to watch somebody like Anya and I have known each other for 10 years or yeah, so. Yeah. Like a decade. Um, and Anya's been my, been like outside of being my colleague and my friend, she's also been my hairstylist as well. So like everything that's ever happened to my hair color has been her hands. Mm. Um, and to listen to these people who are so incredibly high up within that company, literally say to her, I don't have anything negative to say to you over that audition. They are like, we, they. I didn't wear gloves. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they were like, they, they were like, honestly, if anything, we could say is like, just for the, for optics reasons, like you need to wear gloves moving forward. But like, they just absolutely adored everything she did. All they had was glowing praise. Like when I say glowing, I mean like, like in like you know in Juno when they're like the right person's gonna think the sun shines out of your ass that's what was happening <laughs> and I was just like I wasn't surprised because I like I know Anya and I know her work and I think it's absolutely incredible but it was like it was so beautiful to watch somebody who deserves to hear that about their work and and to like to actually get that praise and to get it from people who are in that position where it, mm. it means so much more like i can say until the cows come home this bitch is a color wizard and i fucking love her and everybody should get their hair done by her but when you're like Not the everyone. director of a fucking company and you're saying that kind of shit it has so much more it was very validating yeah this bitch was crying making yeah. me cry we made <laughs> we made one of the fucking l'oreal had a marketing cry I, guys, a I was <laughs> sobbing i had to go hide because i knew that my tears were making her cry oh so i was God. literally hiding and just like it, like in fucking hiding behind a wall just like sobbing mm -hmm. and and d came over and she's like are you okay and i was like i can't stop and this is so good i'm so happy for her oh and then and then so that was like just during the first person reviewing or like giving on your feedback and then the yeah, second there was, person there was like three yeah there were three people the second person starts talking and i'm like okay okay i've got my shit together this is good they're giving her chill feedback like you know we're, we're not crying anymore and then the the woman was like and then you know you were just so vulnerable and i was like oh fuck she said vulnerable here we fucking go here we go i'm crying again anya's crying again i'm, I'm like, like holding my fucking magnetic eyelashes in place because <laughs> my like squinty tears are like dissolving the magnet fucking eyeliner oh my... into my corneas <laughs> so... and samantha's like puke ugly crying she's like disgusting it was ridiculous oh my I'm god i'm glad i wasn't here oh, yeah you yeah. would have been ugly I'm crying so with us i'm so glad you guys had this emotional moment and i'm glad i wasn't yeah. here because i would have been like i but i can't ugly cry in public so i would have to lock myself in the bathroom mm. and you'd just be like knocking on the door are you, you okay you had to sit Rebecca? one out you had to sit a crying session out yeah. you, you've had a few yeah. yeah um but i think you know, it was very validating. I feel the love for you guys, Aww. so that's awesome. When you were talking about it, I was like, uh-oh, I'm going to cry at a distance. <laughs> a day later, I'm still going to cry. Yeah, yeah. I'll get you crying. Um, but it's I think, easy. yeah, it was very validating because all the things that I got positive feedback for were things that I have been made to feel bad about my entire life. Yeah. By my previous employers, by my, like, family, people I've dated, people, coworkers, people I've come across, you know. I've always been told I'm too loud, I'm too sensitive, and I'm too weird. That's like my ongoing thing. And my feedback literally fucking was, your voice projects so well, you'd be great on stage. 
Um, you were so vulnerable and relatable. We instantly connected to you and you're so unique and you do your own thing and march to the beat of your own drum. And I was like, oh my fucking God, what the fuck? Like my brain was just like, these are the things that are bad, but now they're good, but they were bad, but now they're good. And it just like, it was a head fuck. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was special. It was something. And Sam was like, tomorrow we're talking about imposter syndrome. Yeah. We're, we've changed the subject. We're talking about imposter yeah. syndrome. That's what's happening. And I was like, we're getting pizza. And we did. And this pizza's lit. Then Rebecca heard there was pizza, so she stayed. Well, it was just kind of perfect because we'd been talking about it. And the pizza or everything? <laughs> we talk about. I don't everything. know if you know us. We talk about. Yeah, we talk about everything. You're fucking Gemini. <laughs> and Rebecca was like, "I found out my birth time, so we have Rebecca's big yeah. three. Oh yeah. And um, we yeah, and it was just we talked about it, and Rebecca's like, "Oh, I might steal a slice of pizza," and I'm like, "Why don't you stay, order fucking pizza, and be on our podcast? Because it's just so perfect." And here well, I it am. just makes also so much sense because Rebecca is a woman who opened a business yeah. and like imposter syndrome is something that's, I mean, everybody experiences it, but it's something that's really huge that, uh, that women experience. Yeah, female and identifying. A, yes, exactly. Time. Sorry. Female identifying uh, people experience. Oh, mm-hmm. um, so it, it just, it was like, it, this is so perfect. We'll talk about Anya and, and everything that, you know, that happened yesterday, but also everything. And then also, Let's talk to somebody who, a woman who's opened a business. Yeah. And like what imposter syndrome looks like for you, Rebecca. Yeah. Even straight away, I'm like, well, I didn't do it myself. Like I'm already like dialing it back. I'm like, I did have a partner, you know, when I, when I opened it and, and I'm immediately like, (laughs) would I have done it on my own? And I, I went into hairdressing because one of my, like, when I was trying to decide what to do with myself after getting a university degree and then moving to Japan and working a variety of jobs, mm-hmm. um, I made a criteria of what I wanted out of a job. And one of the things that was on my like shortened list was the opportunity to own my own business. Mm-hmm. So that was, and that's the end goal. For and you. that was something that I made that list when I was 25, 24, 24, mm-hmm. 25. So that was something that was there, but I still feel like, a big part of me is like, would I have actually done it if someone hadn't propelled me to do it? Right. Like opening the business was very much propelled by my former business partner. Yeah. Like, to the point where, you know, he potentially groomed my husband and I for the financial investment <laughs> of the business. So what happened was like, here's a piece of property. Here's these things we've talked about at work that we would do differently if we had our own business. Mm-hmm. Let's act now. Yeah. And because there was real estate involved, it propelled things. And once you buy a piece of property with somebody to open a business, you need to fucking open a business. Yeah. And so it went from there. And so even that the start was sort of propelled by somebody else i i hang on to as a little bit of a like well i didn't start it myself Mm -hmm. you know even though i was here every day from day one from the beginning but like even that is like a way where i i think i find i would discount my downplay yeah Yeah. well let's discount that because you still own this fucking business how about that yeah Yeah, how about that how about that he gone i still here Mm -hmm. yeah 10 years in january from when we bought the property amazing and like that's so fucking huge too yeah like also let's think about this also post lockdown yeah Mm -hmm. and like that's something that i'm talking about with everybody regularly i'm I'm scared for Toronto. I'm scared for, I mean, mm. everywhere, but I'm scared for Toronto. Like, 
one of my buddies cracked a very dark joke to me a while back. He was like, you know, this time next year, we're all going to be drinking at Boston Pizzas. And I was like, don't fucking say that. I think yeah. they're closing. I, don't, I think <laughs> they didn't fucking make Honestly, it. Honestly, I hope Some of the big them. businesses are not making it. But like, stretched too thin for sure. No, you, we, we, we go on. This is yeah. an independently run business that yeah. is owned by a woman. And it's... Sur- and a man. Sur- Ryan, I mean, yes, yeah, here. Ryan's also, yeah. He will not listen. <laughs> he will not listen. I, I was good. I'm like, do I shout out Ryan? I'm like, but, but like, in case that. people listen and then they, I don't want anyone to say something yes. in front of Ryan that we implies that Ryan yeah, is my business partner and but you've a been here phenomenal from fucking partner. But yes, yeah. he is. He is phenomenal. He's, He's a, salon dad. Yeah. Salon, salon dad. dad. Capricorn salon dad. Yeah. We would love to have him on this podcast, but he's just not about that. Never. So. <laughs> Everything he'll say will be too fucked up. <laughs> All he'll say is that'll be another podcast. Get him really drunk, maybe. Let's we'll talk about the money shot like situation. Bunch of margaritas god. in. Yeah. Oh my god. So Rebecca, you're a Gemini sun. And today we found out your big three. Yes. Um, so you've got a Taurus moon and a Sagittarius rising. I love it. I think it's very fitting, very cute. Um, I think the Sagittarius rising makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Just learning about the Sagittarius thing, it does sound very much like me. And I was like, and in the ways, and I don't know, because I understand that people have like negative thoughts about Gemini's. I've always read Gemini attributes in a really positive way. When mm. I would read stuff, and I'm I'm not a big How very Sagittarian of you. <laughs> but in the past, like when I was younger, I used to you know I'd, I'd read my horoscope and yep. my various magazines, or you know I'm 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 a little older, so there was less apps and stuff when I was young, uh, or none. Um, but I have not put a lot of thought into astrology, astrological stuff in recent decade ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you were telling me about Sagittarius stuff, I was like, oh yeah, those all sound like positive yeah. things. The same way that I've always read things about Gemini's and been like, yeah, those are positive. I can't believe anyone doesn't like Gemini's. These sound like great personality <laughs> traits, <laughs> says my Gemini self. Well, so I also thought the Sagittarius stuff well, sounded good. <laughs> And that is, it's funny because I, I said that's very Sagittarius, but a Sagittarian, but it actually is because they're like the cheerleader of the Zodiac. You yeah. know, they've got that Jupiter fueled energy of positivity, optimism, and seeing everything as like a quest and an adventure, yes. seeking meaning, um, just seeking understanding, whether it's, you know, physical or spiritual or, or all of the things. And it's a very expansive sign they like a lot of nice things they like to do nice things what um what time of year is sagittarius christmas typically? so it's christmas, christmas. time so oh. this is something that people don't before capricorns before capricorn so this is why in december right during um sagittarius season you so that's like end of november right right after scorpio season ends we'll be going into mm-hmm. sagittarius so end of november like november 23rd 24th something like that until about christmas time 23rd 24th of december and that is when people have their christmas parties and are actually jolly and happy and celebrating. okay whoa 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 not all of us not I all of us christmas <laughs> yeah 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 well i mean trauma side. but you trauma aside trauma aside can you fucking chill on your trauma i'm just kidding we love trauma here <laughs> yes we trauma just shared gang. a trauma meme earlier <laughs> yeah totally 
But um, but you that all means are is share your trauma in totally. humorous ways. Yeah, in, in bites, <laughs> in little bits and bites. But when we're in Sagittarius season, people are like more likely to celebrate and to like be kind of jolly or to just be like very like consumeristic because they want like nice things they want to treat themselves they want to treat others you're more likely to like take a friend out for dinner or, like pick up the tab or whatever and then christmas comes around like actual christmas you know and we go into capricorn season and capricorn ruled by saturn is all about boundaries rigidity discipline self-restraint and paying those credit card bills yeah <laughs> and it's all like pay those credit card bills go on a fucking diet like and you're like and and jupiter is very you know, it's full of gas. It's big. It's expansive. Me too. Right? Me too. After that full pizza. But, but it, you know, Jupiter, which rules Sagittarius, is going to, like, almost, like, push you to the edge of, um, like, being lavish. You know, you're going to kind of overdo it, which mm-hmm. we do. And then Capricorn is going to set you straight. It's like, right. girl, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Saturn you is two, there. You got two all over the yeah, place. Like yeah, like, Saturn has a ring around it. So it's literally bound with boundaries. Oh, like it's like, that. bitch, yeah. chill out, stay home, like, pay your bills. You got 10 pounds, you know, to lose. We don't body shame here. Saturn Saturn does. Saturn is a body shamer. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Um, but yeah, you are like our cheerleader in the salon, you know? And 100%. You are, and you are a very optimistic person, and you really, really do believe in the best of people. I'm just going to cry, because people yeah. saying positive things about me makes me Honestly, cry. Honestly, last week, last week I was having such a shit fucking week, and I was sitting in the staff room by myself and rebecca walked in and she was like are you okay and i rebecca's a safe space for me rebecca Mm -hmm. i like i there are very like i am an open book in a lot of ways but there are very specific people who i actually like feel 100 comfortable Mm -hmm. being 110 totally open and vulnerable with and rebecca is one of those people and it's so fucking beautiful for that to be your boss as well. Yeah. Um, and special. I just like, I got fucking vulnerable. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is what I'm feeling. And I'm having a really hard time managing it. And, and Rebecca just sat there and she held space for me and, and told me that everything was going to be okay. And that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. And, and Rebecca always does exactly what I need without even whether you realize that you're doing that you're doing the right thing or not. Totally, you always say the right thing. Yeah, you really Aww. do. You you have you have a gift. You do. You have a gift. Yeah, you have a gift to share with this world. And you know, I think with opening this business and creating this space for people to come and grow, um, they're like fucking hugging. They're gonna like make out and shit and do weird Gemini shit that I, my Aquarian ass cannot relate to. She's like a little mini me. I constantly, yeah, every time yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, that was me. That was me. <laughs> Things happen. I'm just like, yep. I was there. Yeah. 20 well, years ago. That's, why, like, that's why it's also hilarious that you lived in Japan and I'm like so obsessed with yeah. going there yeah, too. There's, yeah, there's a lot of um, parallels here. But um, yeah. So what, what, how did like imposter syndrome manifest itself in your salon opening journey? Well, I think a realization of my imposter syndrome, if I'm going to like sort of take this that way was during some therapy mm-hmm. dealing with Last some issues week. with my mm-hmm. former partner yeah which was fucked up yeah it was it was very it was, it was a bullying situation yeah and my therapist who had only seen a couple of times and i think it was just a situation where i just needed to you know get stuff off my chest mm-hmm. say things to an impartial third party and at some point she was like 
So it sounds like your partner does not have a lot of respect for you, what you do, mm-hmm. your department in the salon, like the the color department yeah. specifically. Um, and and it was sort of like, yeah, you are you are right, and you know, mm-hmm. and the, like it seems like you've got a lot of things to offer. And it was just like I, I needed a moment where someone was like. But you did all these things, too. Like, it wasn't he didn't open the business on his own. You guys opened the business together. Like, two weeks after my first potentially adopted daughter was adopted and then unfortunately removed from me. So all this happened at that time. And I continued to work six days a week. And then we had our second adoption, our adoption of my son, which was worked out. And I still worked six days a week. I took a two-week maternity leave, and my husband took Pat leave, and I worked six days a week again. But at the time, like I was saying earlier, when you're doing things, you're just doing them because you've got to do them. And it depends on who you are and your background and your all Mm -hmm. the things that led you to where you are. But for me, if the stuff needs doing, you just keep doing it until it's done doing and so that meant I was going to keep going with this business, even though before we even opened our doors, Tim and I had reservations about the partnership. Um, but it, you're in, you go, you do it. And so you, you just do it. And it took spending some time with this woman, my, my therapist at the time, to realize that, like, I had done this. I had yeah. accomplished this. I, I, I was as much a part of the business as my partner was, that the department that I was in actually made more money for the business Hell than yeah. the other department. <laughs> gang, gang. And, you know, and so it just, I needed to take some some ownership and feel yeah. less like an imposter to the point where I, but I still was like, I'm going to leave. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be partners with you. I'm not going to let somebody treat me yeah. this badly or make me feel this way. So I will... I will leave, which is one of those things where I was like, yeah, I will leave. I would potentially have changed my entire career to get away from this very uncomfortable situation. Fortunately, that is not how things went. And Mm -hmm. here I am and the business is great and I have a wonderful partner and an amazing staff. And I get to continue to do what I love because I don't know if teaching hairdressing at Central Tech was going to fulfill me (laughs) the way that this does. But that was my plan B at the time. And I'm sure I would have made it work if I had to. Mm -hmm. This is way better. Better. It would have probably killed your way soul. Way better. Way better. Oh, yeah. It would have been so a five-minute walk just... from my house, though. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one five minute walk from my house. Oh, it would have been commuting. E- I would have had summers off, guys. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to Central Tech. I know. No diss, no diss. No diss, kids. And, um, yeah, so I was actually, I was reading up imposter syndrome. So last, yesterday I was an emotional fucking wreck after that audition. And I was like, I'm going to jot down some ideas for the podcast. So then I just ended up writing like every reason why I have imposter syndrome. And it's just pages and pages of sad, dark shit. So I have so much content for episodes. <laughs> I'm curious, like, so you have a list of reasons why you, you think contribute to why you have imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah. I don't know if I know why I have imposter syndrome. No, you've never, like, tried to, like, sit with it it and figure it out? No. No. I mean, no. You should fire your therapist. (laughs) I only saw her three times, and she helped me, like, get out of that shit and into this shit. So I think she did did a good job, Peggy. She was too good. Way to go, Peggy. Thanks, Peggy. Get it, Peggy. Um, (laughs) It's all good. But I have have never spent any time thinking. I think I've assumed that. It's just like part and parcel with all the other shit that comes along with being a female. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think my assumption is that 
I have imposter syndrome because I am a, a woman. Yeah. I don't know, but I, think I totally do in like, a, I, like all aspects, I yeah. gotta say. I think that's also very interesting because you're part of a different generation than us. Yeah. And, yes, and I, I am Gen I, X. When I talk to my mom, I, I have, I, I notice the same sort of thing where my mom, and I love you, and I'm not talking shit right now. My mom suffers from a lot of the exact same things that we like that millennials suffer from and and Gen X suffers from. But because of the generation she grew up in, she's not allowed or she was never taught that she was allowed to acknowledge yeah. that pain and that trauma in the same way. And so it manifests so differently for her. And we have conversations now and I am like, you know, especially because I've been in so much therapy now. I've been in therapy pretty consistently since I was 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like six years now. Um, and and it hurts me to watch old, people older than me just accept these mm-hmm. sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. It's like you, you, can, you can deal with this. Yes. Yeah. The, you're allowed. You can overcome. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to, to, to like like sit with this acknowledge this and then grow from it and and become a freer person yeah and so i'm all about like sitting with your dark feelings yeah no matter what they are and i'm not saying that you don't do that i know you do because you're you're in therapy too um but it's like it's the and that's why i was also like we got to talk about imposter syndrome because that's something that I don't think people think about too much. Like I, I, I know within my own circles, like especially my circles with my female identifying friends, we talk about. But like, I, I you know, I sent a message out to some of my guy friends today, and I was like, "Hey guys, I just want to ask you a personal question. Like, have you guys ever experienced imposter syndrome? You don't have to answer. Answer. I know it's a very personal question. You don't have to answer it if you're not comfortable with it. But if you're comfortable, I would just like to know, like." how you experienced it, how it manifested in your life, if you've been able to overcome it, how you overcame it, this, that, and whatever. And my guy friends were like, what's imposter syndrome? I, 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 was, nice. I was just going to say, I feel like... No, but then when I explained it to them, they're like, oh, yeah, I've totally yeah, experienced yeah. that. That's what I was, I was going to say. I'm sure that men do experience it yeah. in, in a variety of ways, but without ever labeling it yeah. like that, you know? But I'm, I'm sure if you talk to most men, and, and most men who have been accomplished at something, if you said, do you really feel like you're a master of this or you're a whatever mm-hmm. thing or- that people have blown smoke up your ass about, that a lot of people would be like, no, actually, I don't want anyone to know that I'm not as funny as they think I am or that I'm not as, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody gets insecure. Yeah. Yep. Well, it was two women that coined the term imposter syndrome. Of course it was. Right? And and what it means is just feeling like you're a fraud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just for anybody yeah. wondering at this point. That yeah, I guess yeah, we should. Yeah, <laughs> we we explained what imposter syndrome is. 40 minutes into it. This is what imposter syndrome is, but it manifests itself in five ways. Okay. Um, so let me know if any of these resonate with you guys. Okay. Um, so the first one is the perfectionist. And this is just... Um, Someone who feels like like super micromanages and everything has to be just right. I think for me, to some extent, but not so much the other ones really resonate with me. So the superman slash superwoman, super person, whatever, is somebody that just feels like they have to work extra hard. So like yeah. everybody leaves and they stay back and keep working. They come in early. They pull extra hours because they just feel like... They're not good enough, so they need to work a lot more yeah. to be seen as, like, worthy. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. deaf big time mm-hmm. for me. That mm-hmm. is a huge one. 
I see Sam nodding. Yeah, I... Um, Anna, you should be. Anyone who's received work texts yeah. from me at like 10.30 or 11 at night. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely... I mean, I think a lot... Like, for me, I don't know if my... I don't know if this is going to sound conceited, but like, I don't think my hard working is necessarily related to imposter syndrome so much as it's like, I feel like my team deserves my, mm -hmm. deserves 110% and I don't want to let my, my colleagues down. Mm -hmm. And so that's what kind of pushes me to like stay late and whatever. Um, not so much that like, I need to prove myself. Yeah. For me, definitely, I like that is like the one that I was like, wow, um, because I just, yeah, I just always feel like I have to, I have to do more. Um, and, I, you know, a big part of my imposter syndrome comes from me being an immigrant and not for being sure. Canadian. And for me, it's like, I just felt like I... I felt for a long time because growing up poor gives you a lot of shame in your life and I just felt like I didn't deserve the things that other people had because I they weren't like I wasn't born with them I wasn't born into that so who the fuck do I think I am right. so you know a, a lot of immigrant mentality is scarcity mentality feeling like there's not enough things are gonna run out you know when you come from a country that's poorer than the one you're living in um, you almost feel kind of guilty for like, you know, taking resources. And there is this constant narrative, like immigrants taking our job, immigrants being on welfare. My family has been on welfare, food banks, um, stuff like that. And for me, I just felt like I had to work extra hard because I'm someone that's like taking something right. from other people. People in, people look at you and they see you as an immigrant and they think of you as as somebody who just sucks resources as opposed to yeah. like contributing to the economy contributing so to I the felt like I just society. had to be that much more I felt like I had to prove myself right. to absolutely everybody to myself to my parents standards you know there's just so much pressure yeah so that's where the, the superwoman superman definitely resonates can with I me. actually I, I I did actually I, I one of my girlfriends I when I reached out to some of my girlfriends to be like have you guys experienced this um she one of my girlfriends was willing to to talk about it and she said something that was that reminds me similar to what you said but as opposed to being an immigrant she was in a really really fucked up abusive relationship for close to a decade yeah and uh she recently got headhunted for a very well-paying job at a pharmacy hey. i know i'm like i'm so ecstatic like over the moon for her um but and and like I'm gonna try to not get too emotional about this, um, but someone's crying today. Yeah, someone's gonna bitches. fucking cry today. <laughs> um, she's been through fucking hell, and I watched her go through fuck. I watched her go through so much shit, and to see her mommy get the fucking acknowledgement that she deserves, and to um oh fuck okay she didn't believe that she deserved the job that she was being headhunted for yeah. because for almost a decade of her life, the person closest to her was telling her that she was fucking worthless. Yeah. And so imposter syndrome also is a result of trauma. Yeah. And, 100%. and it's a huge fucking thing. And, and that's 
so fucking huge. And, and for anybody listening who has experienced abuse in their relationships and thinks that they don't deserve anything, that is not the fucking case. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's such fucking bullshit. And you deserve everything that you want. You deserve everything and you deserve liberation yeah. and, and sovereignty as an individual. Yeah. You know, everybody does. That is our birthright yeah. on this fucking planet, on this fucking plane. You yeah. know, in this dimension, we have to be free and we have to be self-fulfilled. We yeah. all deserve that. Everybody. It's so brutal that the person who is holding you back, holding, let's say, holding your friend back, mm-hmm. you know, feeding her these sort of lies about herself is all, is actually the person who has the issues and the self-esteem mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. And they've pulled her down into believing their lies yeah their lies about her and that's i mean and i say about her but it could be about anybody but i think that's that's part of the thing that feeds into the imposter syndrome right is where you start to believe the lies that other people have told you about you and that you've told yourself about you because we do that right we beat ourselves up all the time i hear myself say things to myself Mm -hmm. that i'm like i would never i would never say shit to other people Mm -hmm. that i will say to myself right and 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 most most people deal with that um certainly most women i think uh or female identifying you know whether it's body image whether it's intellect whether it's capability but 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 believing other people's lies about you it's it's so sad right and and that's why I think people need to take responsibility for the shit they say to others because I think sometimes we don't realize how much it affects someone else. Yeah. Like one little comment. Words you know, mean things. Yeah. Words really mean things. Like it's literally you spell out a word, you cast a fucking spell. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. It was a super cute exercise that my son's teacher did with them when they were in kindergarten. And they made a big paper heart and they like wrote all these kind words on it. And then they talked about like how... Uh, when people say unkind things to you, you know, how does it make you feel? And so they scrunched the paper all up and then they smoothed it out again. And the the thing was, but you see, like, you can't smooth away those lines. Like, you can't yeah. take them out. Oh, my God. You know, you said That's the so unkind true. words Whoa. and you've apologized and you've smoothed the heart, the paper back out. But, like, they, they're still there. You can't take Aww. away the impact of your unkind words on people. And I thought that was such a great and literal exercise for little kids when you're oh trying to gosh. teach empathy. But it I was it's that. like a thing to keep on. It's, I've, I've brought it up with him. I mean, it was like years ago that he even did this. But because kids say unkind things, right? Yeah. yeah. To themselves, to you, to whoever. And so I'm we, using we that. brought it up. <laughs> it, is, it is such a good visualization yeah. of it. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, so um, the other way that imposter syndrome manifests is um, the other manifestation is called the natural genius. So this is somebody who, um, if something comes quite naturally to you, like let's say you're naturally an amazing dancer or singer or like you're really good at math or whatever. I'm definitely a naturally really gifted singer. Yes, beautiful Samantha. (laughs) Yeah, Samantha. I'm not naturally good at anything. (laughs) But the, the natural genius means like things come to you easily and you feel like you're a fraud because like you didn't work hard enough. Mm. So it's almost like the antithesis of the Superman, Superwoman. Right. Um, But still feeling like an imposter because you're like, well, someone else like, 
went to you know university and I kind of like got my way into this job you know yeah. I think like my husband's got a bit of that because he's got a job in finance and that just kind of happened by by chance and by um the right person being there at the right time and right. recognizing his intellect and his capability but before that he was working in a furniture warehouse and he never finished high school you know mm. he was kicked out of every high school in fucking Dublin because <laughs> he's a badass because he's a badass <laughs> he so doesn't seem like a badass though. Oh, like or somebody I, that would get kicked out of every high school in ew. Dublin <laughs> Uh, I feel like because you like challenge his husband. teachers on the like, existential crisis. Like, did Conor McGregor get like, kicked out of any it. high schools? Like, uh, if, like Dave I, could take McGregor. <laughs> See Dave fight McGregor. Yes, twenty twenty one. Martin versus McGregor. Make it happen. Um, we can talk about that with Dave when I convince him to be on this one day. But um, no, nothing really comes naturally to me, so I I can't relate to this one too much. No. I, nothing f- has felt easy for me. No. Either. I was like, that does not sound familiar to me. Um, and the next one is the soloist. So this is somebody um, that feels like if they ask anybody for any kind of help or any kind of intervention and for anybody to step in, that they're a fraud and they can't do it. Sound familiar, Miss? I didn't start the business myself. I had a partner. Oh and, my and god! Da 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 yeah, da yeah. da. Yeah, you're getting called just, out. That's you. That just sounds familiar because I still will like do all the things before I, I'm, I'm get. I feel like I'm getting better at like acknowledging that other people are better at certain things than I am. And maybe I should, you know, pass that task on to somebody else because they could do it with like half the ease that it would, you know, take me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, but that I think also falls under, you know, when you were talking about different generations, right? Yeah. That when we did that, um, generational managerial class which was great like i am very much a gen xer and uh i will figure it out i'll come to you if i need any help like very independent don't micromanage me so this is an example rebecca's dyslexic and i love to write shit and i'm always fast and i'm like on the emails and she has never fucking once and she is my boss i'm the manager of the salon she's the owner is never once being like, hey, could you write this up for me? Or, hey, could you do emails? You will just do it yourself and, like, have a fucking nightmare with, like, voice to text and have eight <laughs> mental breakdowns where my ass... And I'm sitting there scratching my ass. I could have done it, like, hours ago. And I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm better oh, than you, but it's yeah. something that you can delegate to me, yeah. but you are too, like, afraid to. I because do you're feel a- like I've been sharing with you my appreciation of your... <laughs> Of emails. It's a start. It's a start. I very much appreciate you and Emma and Sam and other people taking care of the emails because that is a daunting task for me. Like to finish a client and then be like, oh shit, now I got to go check where we're at with the emails and know that it's going to take me like potentially 10 minutes to reply to each one because it's really hard for me to write an email. Um, Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. You guys are awesome at it. And I and I, I may have a hard time asking you to do it, but I certainly hope I let you know that I love you when do. you do it. I know you do. And that is kind of your way of asking us to continue doing yeah. it. So we, we, we get it. We pick up on that. <laughs> That's cool. But like... Yeah, don't be afraid to, I, you know, and I, I struggle oh, with this too. don't be afraid, Rebecca. Don't be afraid. Full of afraid. Do not be afraid. <laughs> Fuck fear, 2020. No. I maybe, maybe 2021. <laughs> I'll try next year. No, no, you, there's time. Um, but yeah, I think all of us struggle a bit with the soloist thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a lot of... Um, 
just a lot of people in general and actually 70% of people experience uh, imposter syndrome in their career. So mm-hmm. you're really not alone. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, it is, and it's hard to ask for help because it makes us vulnerable and being vulnerable is really fucking hard. Um, and the last manifestation is the expert. Um, so this is someone who feels like they can never learn enough, um, that they can never get enough information. They can never understand enough that somebody always knows more. Um, and you can like become addicted to like reading about the subject nonstop, like taking nonstop mm-hmm. seminars and workshops and education and every fucking Instagram live class, private education yeah. <laughs> platform, you know, ev- everything because they just feel like they, they, they'll never know. They'll yeah. never they know. They won't be expert enough. Yeah. And that's, that's a big one for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I resonate with that a lot. And I think it's a, and I think a lot of Aquarians can struggle with this. A lot of Gemini's as well, because we, we do deal with communication and learning, mm-hmm. um, astrologically. That's where we mm-hmm. sit and, uh, we, we are very cerebral. So this is something that we can get fixated on and feel like we never know enough and, or, and challenge our own intellect to the point where it's a detriment. Right. And that, you know, and belittle ourselves. I, I'm so guilty of that. Like I, I'm guilty of that in my career. I'm guilty of that in everything. Um, I took a break from hair for four years and I worked at a bike shop. Um, and it was a really great experience. Um, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about communication with other people. I learned a lot about how men think and operate because mm. I was the only female identifying person that worked there and everybody else was male identifying. Um, but because of that also, and because the cycling industry is, <clears throat> and, and like, like most sport situations are, it was a very male dominated situation. And so I, there were constantly customers coming in and not wanting to even acknowledge me because I was yeah. a woman. Mm. There were, um, companies that we worked with that didn't want to to deal with me because I was a woman. I I was in charge of the rental department for like two years there. And uh, when the original rental manager left, um, the uh, the the guy who owned the software uh, that we were using, I contacted him and I was like, listen, every single person at this business is struggling to figure out how this software works. The guy who worked here originally he was a huge tech guy yeah big big tech guy so like he got it and he ran this without a without a whatever but any day that he wasn't in all of us were like chickens with our heads cut off so the moment that he left i was like we either need you either need to like walk me through this like i'm an idiot or Mm -hmm. um i'm getting new software and the thing I love about my name is that it's a gender neutral name. I yeah. always go by Sam and I always go by Sam for a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, in all of the email exchanges we had, the guy was very on top of um, responding timely with lots of respect. And then he's like, let's set up a video chat and I'll walk you through everything. And I shit you not, the moment that the screen turned on and he saw me, his face changed. And immediately he was like, is there somebody else I can talk to? Oh, my God. And he kept pushing to talk to somebody else. And he kept being like, well, let me talk to the owner. And I was like, well, the owner's actually put me in charge of the rental department. He wants nothing to do with this. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do this. And he has told me that whatever I decide is what's happening. And this guy actually went over my head and emailed my boss and was like, 
is there somebody else that you can get to run your rental department? Wow. And my boss... Was, you suck, man. Yeah. <laughs> and my boss was like, no, Sam's running the rental department. If she says that we're moving on to a different software program because she can't figure it out and you're not willing to help her, then that's what we're doing. So shout out nice. to my boss. They, they, they honestly, they did so much for me. I was also going through some like severely traumatic shit uh, mm. while I worked there and they had my back. But um, the... I constantly questioned myself there because like I didn't believe that I was enough of a cyclist to warrant working there either. Mm -hmm. um, and I questioned absolutely everything. And and I worked Fuck there bicycle gatekeeping. <laughs> I worked there for four years. Like obviously I'm gonna understand shit yeah. within a year, right? Yeah. Um, but I constantly questioned myself and and there was a little bit of a joke that we this kind of like had going on with like between me and all my coworkers eventually um so this is kind of a bike nerdy thing but i'm going to try to explain it there are different size bicycle tubes um based off of whatever type of bike you're, tubes. You, yeah, yeah there's so there's tubes that go in the tire the tube is what holds the air Sick. and then the tire is what goes on the rim and that's what you ride so there's a there's different size tubes and one size tube is called uh 700 by 32 to 35. So the 700 is the size of the wheel and then 32 to 35 is the size of the tire. Um, but this size tube also can be read as 27 by one and a quarter. And there were so many times that customers would come in and they would say, I'm looking for a 27 by one and a quarter tube. And I shit you not up until like the week before I left the bike shop, I would be going up to people being like, 27 one and a quarter that's also and they're like yes sam it's 700 by 32 mm. with to 35 and it was like i just i constantly second guess myself and bless the head mechanic soul he's like also one of my best friends um he sat down with me so many times during our shifts after our shifts and he was like sam the only thing holding you back is the fact that you don't trust yourself. Mm. You don't believe that you know this stuff, but you do. He's like, I, I know you do. I know you do because I see you know this shit. You've been doing this for years now. You get it, but you don't trust it. You don't believe in yourself. And and that's that imposter syndrome. I was like, I don't belong here. Yeah. I'm just some random bitch working at a bike shop trying to look cool and like be you that Toronto so hipster. cool working in that bike shop. I used to live nearby and I'd walk by sometimes and like sometimes you're busy and I kind of see you and I'm like, God, yeah, what a <laughs> bitch. But I'm going to manipulate her to come work with me and be my friend forever. And then yeah, we'll start a podcast and get sponsored by Kirkland, get rich, buy your own island. Subconscious messaging. I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I like, I yeah, totally. Yeah, so fucking imposter syndrome. It's imposter a bitch. syndrome is tricky. And and it's hard and it's exhausting. And yeah. I think everybody goes through it. I think everybody goes through it to some extent. And if you don't, what's that like? DM us. Yeah. What's <laughs> it like being neurotypical? <laughs> oh my god. Um I think Are there people just walking around who are like, Yeah, I know this shit and they just do I'm it good and at my they job. feel good about it? I deserve this for these people. They probably do cocaine too. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure they do all the blow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. One thing I was like, because I, I was also asking people, I'm like, how do you how do you deal with your imposter syndrome? And, and everybody pretty much has been like, it's a work in progress. Yeah, it's always a work in progress. But um, something that I think is is helpful, and I learned this in dialectical behavioral therapy, um, is like trying to take a step back if you can, and really be and really try to remove yourself as much as possible and just be like, 
how is this thought serving me? Is it helping me or is it hindering me? That's very good. Um, and sometimes at the end of the day, you kind of just have to throw that that caution and that anxiety to the wind and be like, I just have to just blindly trust that something's going to work out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and hope that at the end of the day, like, it pans out. And if it doesn't, it's a learning experience. And if it does work out, sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Whew. How's Ooh, everyone wee. feeling after this little therapy session we recorded <laughs> for everybody? Yeah. Hi, here's uh, my problem. <laughs> here are all Guess of my what? problems. I feel like a fraud. <laughs> and I, you know what, guys? The only people that I are really a fraud... The people that are a fucking fraud, they never realize it. No, I was just going to say, the people that are so busy not questioning whether or not they are right, accurate, whatever, on it. Yeah. Those people are probably the ones yeah. that are total fucking frauds. Yeah. They're just, like, so deep in their narcissism that they're yeah. like, of course I can do this. I can do anything. Yeah, I'm amazing. Yeah. My shit doesn't stink. Uh, exactly. I think if you're... If you're it, so, I mean, I feel like this is a Gen Xer thing to say, too, but I feel like there's a certain amount of, like, things you can take from your shit, like, whether it's your trauma, whether it's your imposter syndrome, whether, like, if you can, you can be like, yeah, so I got a little bit of this and I got a little bit of that and I'm dealing mm-hmm. with these things and this is all part of the package that's me, you know, and use it to make you stronger. Like, yeah. the, getting, I, I because I've had a bunch of stuff, like I've dealt with a bunch of stuff, which Mm -hmm. is probably my imposter syndrome is probably trauma related. Like if I think about it, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Um, But if you've had a lot of stuff in your life, trauma stuff, you're, it's, it's, you're going to go one of two ways with it, right? You're either going to be like, buried under it and like let me take this down like you're gonna hang on to it the weight that takes you down like the anchor or you're gonna be like well i did that fuck you know i (laughs) guess i can i guess i can deal with other things like i can't say that having dealt with a bunch of shit has made me somehow like superman where i'm like oh yeah i dealt with all that shit nothing's gonna you know, be difficult for me now. No, it's not like that. It's not like I came out on the other side of shit and was suddenly superwoman. It's like, oh, I dealt with all that shit and I'm still here. So yeah. I guess I can keep going yeah. because of all those other things. Yeah, if it happens again, at least end me, then like, whatever. Like, totally. So if you can look at it that way, there can be so much strength that can be taken from going mm-hmm. through trauma and recognizing trauma yeah. and and not feeling like you have to be on the other side of it but just being like oh yeah, yeah that's part of me it's and so true you don't you don't have to be on the other no, side exactly to be a valid human being you don't have to get over your trauma yeah. in order to be taken seriously or to be successful you can be healing you can be going through it you could still even barely be acknowledging it and smashing shit mm-hmm. you totally. know what i mean and getting yeah. it and it's like it's such a cheesy fucking quote that i saw and it's like but so the, the cheesiest ones sometimes are like the best because they're yeah. so true they're and so they true. relate to everybody and this quote was like you know be like the moon you can provide light even when you're half full mm. you know and that shit is like 
You don't have to, you don't have to yeah. be perfect. You don't have to be the, perf- you know, you don't have to be superwoman. You don't have to be a natural genius. You don't, you don't have, have to be the soloist. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't have to be all of these things. You just have to be, and you have to show up and you have to have passion for what up. you do. Yeah. You can show up broken. You can show up broken and crying, but show up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that, you know, I admire about you guys and, and about myself and anybody else who is just like going through stuff. I admire that about every single one of my friends. Like, yeah. Every single one of them is going through so much shit and they're just taking it day by day. Yeah. They're taking it on. They're yeah. making the moves that they need to make. And I just, for every single one of you listening to this, each of you individually, if you're wondering, like, is Sam talking about me? I fucking am. She is. <laughs> I admire every single one of you for tackling your shit, however is right for you and just waking up every day showing up on the like not even the other side like like we said like yeah. you don't have to be over it like yeah we're all work in progresses and we are yeah. like let's be really here we're gonna be work in progresses until the day we die that's yeah. why we're here yeah. yeah you know i i always think of this life as like us being you know manifestations of universal expression yeah and 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 we're individuals of universal expression and we just have to go through all the myriad of, of what that is yeah you know and and you don't have to be on the other side because you're already here yeah. yeah you're 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 already in that moment in time you you don't you don't have shit to prove to anybody yeah exactly. you know that's a bonus yeah. that validation is just a bonus but you don't need it it's yeah. nice to get it but you don't really need it because you're already here and yeah. you're already everything you need to be and you're already worthy of everything you yeah. want without that. You have it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. And also like fuck people that don't get you, fuck people that discourage you, fuck people that like fuck people that shit on you for being vulnerable. Yeah. Like Oof. I my big Cannot thing is stand. If you can like identify, own up to it, talk to somebody, say, "Look, I'm having a hard time right yeah. now." You know, I'm I'm going through something. That is, like, that is the strongest thing. Yeah. Being able to the recognize courage. that something is going on, being brave enough to let people know mm-hmm. whether or not you can ask for help, but even just acknowledging, like, stuff is going on and I need some time, I need some space, whatever. Saying it out loud is so huge. That yeah. That is so huge. And, it, yeah, it's, like, it's just one of the, the steps in your healing. It's mm, yeah. in your healing process. And you're going to have, and unfortunately, you are going to have people that shit on your vulnerability. Of and they're going to be like, you're too sensitive. You're whiny. Those people suck. And those people suck. And it's because they, they're so afraid of being that. Yeah. They're, they're so afraid of being that vulnerable. Of, right. Of being that honest about yeah. themselves. Yeah. And, and when <sighs> you're trying to be a better person, when you're trying to gain self-knowledge, self-understanding through any way, and somebody shits on that, that's their problem. Mm-hmm. Because you're on the right track. It's, you know? it's all about it's right it's the projection bullshit yeah. again right i think it, we've all known people who are like so desperately in need of some good therapy who will mm-hmm. crack jokes non-stop about other people's therapy yeah oh, who God, will, yeah. will say they're using it as a crutch or they're using this as an excuse me you know who else needs a crutch so someone broken. with a broken fucking leg yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. like well yeah, would you tell someone with a broken leg not to use a crutch oh you're using a crutch you're yeah. you're weak yeah. <laughs> well like, like how fuck. many of us are in therapy for like the saying goes like how many of us are in therapy for the people who because of people who won't go to therapy yeah. absolutely <laughs> right yeah. like yeah. Yeah. fuck How, like yeah. i can't like 
Let's yeah. be real here. The amount of therapy I need is directly related to the fact that there was a the, bunch the of lack people of didn't therapy fucking get therapy. therapy. 100%. Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, all right, guys, we can go on forever about this. Once yeah. you invited me here, we could talk all night. <laughs> yeah, I'm here with two Gemini, so that's like talking to like four people. Um, so we're gonna try to wrap this up because we're we're over an hour and fuck it, we're going over an hour in this yeah. episode. Too bad. <laughs> Stop listening. Who cares? But uh, any Are we any- still editing. What the fuck is editing? Editing is just adding our sick beat at the beginning and at the end. Um, and maybe taking a few... Last time I just edited the part where Sam went to the bathroom and then was like, how do I click? What? How do I start again? That's not it. But um, any oh, final... I was like, I can go to the bathroom because I know she dealt with it last week. <laughs> do you feel like an imposter on this podcast? It's okay. It's not good. No, I'm good. I feel like I can be here. Uh, um, so any final words before we say goodnight? I had thought of something and now it's gone um fuck the haters thanks for having me guys thank you for being i'm very proud of you for following through on your podcast dreams you've been talking about a podcast for a while and now (laughs) it is happening (laughs) right rebecca just fucking read us (laughs) now it is happening way to go Um, good job i love it such an honor having you here and uh just so, so glad you were down this yeah awesome. you were just down we're I'm like down to talk we're like rebecca you want to talk about imposter syndrome she's like sure and we're like no like now yeah <laughs> also what do you want on your pizza <laughs> yeah um, but yeah we're gonna finish eating we're gonna like clean up and call it a night thank you so much everybody who made it all the way past an hour episode three thank you for everything and we'll see you on episode four fuck bitches get money Yay! <laughs>